It's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talking Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. As we return back to our set of agriculture conversations here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast, we are joined by Jay Bodner, the Executive Vice President of the Montana Stock Growers Association. He's going to join us and discuss some of the legislative wins that occurred during the Montana legislative session. And we'll also talk about a closed door meeting that occurred between all of the livestock industry associations just last week and report on what exactly those details are and what the Montana stock growers and its members are thinking about the decision that came out of this closed door meeting. But first off, uh, Jay, uh, how how is your day going as we start out our week? We're still in the middle of May 2021. Uh, I believe you were working cows this past weekend on the home place. Uh, how, How was that? Actually, we had a pretty good day. It was uh, actually even got a little sun and uh, it, things are looking pretty good. It's pretty green there. The yearlings look pretty good. So um, we had a little bit uh, better conditions there for growing some grass. So we're hopeful that uh, we'll continue to get a little bit of rain and hopefully um, things will go all right for us. Yeah, that's 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 one of the hopes in that conversation. I, I before we recorded here, I, I mentioned I had a podcast conversation with Dr. Gary Brester, who's a great friend of the industry. He's he's still hopeful. We'll be in that mid one sixties range on these uh, on these cattle. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Excuse me, on five and a half weight steer calves. Um, hopefully that holds up. Maybe with rain and some lower commodity prices, that might help out. But we'll, uh, you know what? It's still higher than the average trend, um, as he mentioned. Uh, so we're above the average on that as we look at the overall outlook for the industry. But uh, again, the role of the Montana stock growers is to be a voice for its members on all issues here in Montana and on the national level as well. Montana's legislative session wrapped up. Uh, you and your team were very busy this session a lot of uncertainty with how this year's session would have actually went and if i uh, would have put money on it i would have thought that the session would have actually had to adjourn for a short time or this and that due to covid but hey they powered through they got done early and uh, uh, MSGA led a lot of efforts uh, up there, but one in particular that uh, we discussed on a previous podcast uh, was, of course, protecting private property rights from national heritage areas and trail designations. Um, uh, that's one of the main things that I think people are, are really curious about. And Jay, your family ranches in the area uh, close to where these uh, designated, uh, uh, these efforts, I guess we should say, to have a, a national heritage area designated uh, in the uh, central Montana region. Could you maybe just uh, recap what this proposal is, what the efforts were from the Montana stock growers and your fellow ag organizations up in Helena and why this was such an important uh, topic for not just farmers and ranchers, but landowners and, and other uh, businesses up in central Montana. Yeah. So there was a group that started in Cascade County to uh, make this designation, the big sky national heritage areas. And, and uh, they've been operating for a number of years, but really haven't had any public meetings. And, when a few of these public meetings did occur, um, landowners really started to learn a little bit more about what this process was and right away became very concerned that their private land would be encompassed within this national designation. And really they had no voice either on the group that put it together or how it affected them. 
And so right away, they, uh, these concerns then generated a policy that came to our organization. And uh, from there, we decided um, what better way than to address these concerns versus just going to the legislature and let's uh, put a bill together that provides some additional protections. You know, just as we talked a little bit about uh, earlier in the podcast, uh, I ran into a couple of our neighbors that uh, helped us move some cows. And this is one of their priority issues is that they have general concern about a designation uh, over top of their private property and really no voice. And this bill turns that around where now they have a voice through the legislature. And of course, I think we should mention the, the bill sponsor, Representative Josh Kazmeyer out of House District, District 27, Fort Benton is where he calls home. Um, he listened to the concerns of his constituents in this uh, region and uh, along with so many other pro-agriculture uh, bills that uh, he helped push through. Uh, let's just talk about the work that actually goes into creating a bill, carrying it on behalf of the association. How did that all shape up? And, and again, a big thank you to Representative Kazmeyer. Yeah, once again, uh, a huge shout out to Representative Kazmaier. Um, he was really the, the leader to help us kind of work this bill through the legislature. And we did work with him right um, at the very beginning of the session. You know, his constituents were included in that. It was Cascade, um, part of Shoto, part of Lewis and Clark. Originally, uh, Fergus County was included. Judith Basin was included. Um, that did get shrunk down a bit, but we wanted a representative that was included within this designation to work with because he's heard from his constituents. Uh, we sat down with him originally, shared the idea of what our concerns are, what landowners are concerns are, and uh, we went to work on drafting a bill. So we worked hand in hand with him to draft this piece of legislation. Uh, we put it together. We did run it through the House. Uh, we did have to do one small, small amendment to it, but really, um, as that worked its way over to the Senate and then back to the House to concur that amendment, uh, that process worked pretty well. Um, and then we did have general pretty strong support. Uh, we got a little bit of bipartisan support, but um, certainly people did recognize the importance that uh, private property rights owners, they need a voice in these designations. And um, so as that did pass finally toward the end um, with pretty strong numbers, um, we were pretty thankful that the governor just signed it um, Friday. So on uh, May 14th, uh, the governor did sign, put his signature on it. So that bill is now law and it's on the books. And uh, um, once again, you know, we were, it was a, it was a big group effort. We did have a lot of strong support, not only by many of the ag organizations, Farm Bureau certainly was a, a strong supporter, but we had realtors, we had builders, um, so a, a wide variety of stakeholders that supported that. And I think there's over 20 organizations that do have opposition policy on these big sky heritage areas. And so a lot of those folks turned out for the hearing. So it was a great, great effort. And overall, just a reminder to our listeners, uh, this bill, of course, uh, requires the Montana legislature's approval of heritage areas and trail designations in the state um, prior to a national designation. So obviously that would have to be brought forth to the legislature and they would have to give the yay or nay on it. And uh, 
hopefully like in this case um is there any maybe legalities that maybe these groups would try to take um if the legislature decided to give it a thumbs down vote uh if they do decide to push it forward to the state legislature i mean have you heard anything like that yet because i'm sure they these groups want this badly even though the local communities do not yeah, and Lane, I think there's always that um, possibility that, uh, you know, a legal challenge could occur. And we would, um, you know, potentially anticipate that. I think the, the really the basis behind this bill that we really were pushing for is that, you know, is, is the National Park Service looks at potentially making these designations. If the Montana legislature says no, then that in itself is a pretty strong message to the, the National Park Service that maybe this isn't the best one to move forward with. Maybe we need to look at other states where there is strong support by the community and the state. And I guess that's our hope with this piece of legislation that, you know, whether we do it, and, and it's not necessarily that it would be a no, it's that we would go through that process to make sure that every Montana has a voice um, in these potential designations and, and also for trail designations too. Uh, I mean, there are groups out there that are taking a totally different tactic where they're reaching out and working with landowners uh, about some of these trail designations. And so that's been a little bit different tactic than what we're seeing in these national heritage areas. Now, obviously, this is a big win for central Montana ranchers. And, and I do want to expand. You mentioned that uh, Fergus and Judith Basin counties, uh, they actually took uh, efforts on the county level uh, to uh, not allow these heritage sites to, to go through or that it's a more uh, the county commissioners have to approve of it. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, and the county commissioners in those counties did take a very strong tactic to say, um, we are not interested in another designation. And so their voice was very loud and clear, no. And, um, and that did get heard by the group that was putting this together somewhat. So they did um, somewhat shrink that boundary, but still when you talk of all of Cascade County and part of Lewis and Clark um, and part of Shoto, um, you know, that's well over a million acres that uh, would be encompassed in that, uh, that designation. Uh, what are some of the other wins? I, I mean, going through the newsletters and, and, and whatnot from all the ag organizations here in the state of Montana, quite a few positive outcomes in the Montana legislature. What, uh, what were some of the key priorities apart from this uh, heritage uh, designation uh, legislation that, uh, that the stock growers uh, will be celebrating at their upcoming uh, mid-year meeting? Yeah, so this session, um, you know, one of the positive aspects is I, I don't think we've been invited to as many bill signings uh, ever. And so it was pretty, it was a pretty exciting times to be a part of um, actually accomplishing a lot of these pieces of legislation. I think two in particular, I think were our focus. Certainly one was House Bill 14. This included the veterinary diagnostic lab and funding a new lab for the state of Montana. And I think as livestock producers, we've recognized the importance that that lab does and, and certainly the role that it plays in Montana. Um, we have a great staff there. They have uh, great equipment. We just have a building that's got a lot of age to it. And so there was a lot of effort that is included in House Bill 14, which was signed. 
Um, so we hopefully will have, um, well, we have the funding for a new lab that's going to be up and running. Um, we, that'll, that, that's a big project, so we know that that'll take some time, but certainly, um, you know, not only does that impact every livestock producer in the state of Montana, but it certainly does have a lot of aspects that include public health when you come to rabies and and um, potentially tuberculosis and uh, chronic wasting disease. So they have a lot of aspects. They even had the ability to do COVID testing. Um, they did ship that equipment off to the public health and human services, but they had that equipment in place. And so we know that that role is tremendous. And one of the other things that we did also um, focus a lot of our efforts on were House Bill 660. House Bill 660. Uh, this bill, um, through the COVID, we recognized that there was a lot of interest in Montana products. And so this bill put additional funding into the Made in Montana, Grown in Montana program. So that impacts us as individual beef producers. Uh, if we want to sell our individual products and label it as Made in Montana, Grown in Montana, um, I don't think that that trend is going to get uh, any lessened. And I think that trend is going to increase. And so we want to make sure that we can capitalize. We can maybe put some more dollars in our producers' pockets and certainly help out our local meat processors in, in the process. So we're um, pretty excited about certainly those two pieces of legislation. And those are just a, a snapshot of kind of what happened at the legislative session. And uh, speaking of uh, looking and learning more about the legislative session, uh, uh, the Montana Stock Growers uh, uh, a podcast, of course, uh, is a great resource where our listeners can, can go back and learn more about uh, the legislative session and uh, the ranchers. What, what, I, I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, I listened to it. Uh, rancher, what's your, what's your podcast? The Rancher's <laughs> Voice. The Rancher's <laughs> Voice. Well, at least I had ranchers, right? Um, <laughs> and that's a great podcast where you can learn more about uh, the legislative efforts and the guests and the uh, elected and appointed officials that uh, helped uh, push uh, legislation uh, that is pro Montana livestock uh, through the legislative session. And, and Jay, you mentioned, of course, having profitability for our livestock producers here in the state of Montana. Um, as we record this show here um, this week, um, the details have come out about the uh, meeting that occurred between uh, the uh, agriculture and livestock uh, industry groups uh, last week in Phoenix. It was a closed door meeting. Uh, the leaders from the American Farm Bureau, National Cattlemen's Beef Association, which Montana Stock Growers is an affiliate, the National Farmers Union, RCAF USA, and the U.S. Cattlemen's Association met in the Phoenix area uh, at the request of the Livestock Marketing Association. Uh, I may have missed over the, uh, them. They were a part of that uh, conversation as well. Uh, they were discussing challenges involved in the marketing of finished cattle uh, with the ultimate goal of bringing about more financial sustainability uh, for cattle feeders and cow-calf producers. And so the three main uh, points that the group walked away with. They agreed within their respective organizations for the following three. I'll list those off, Jay. And that's to expedite the renewal of USDA's livestock mandatory reporting, including formula base prices subject to the same reporting requirements as negotiated cash and the creation of a contract library, 
The second is to demand the DOJ or the Department of Justice to issue a public investigation status report as warranted, conduct joint DOJ and USDA oversight of Packer activity moving forward. And finally, that third point was to encourage investment in and the development of new independent local and regional Packers. Okay, that was a lot to spit out there, but I was reading their press release word for word. Uh, Jay, as we look at this, uh, what what is the overall reaction from the Montana Stock Growers Association to this meeting? And what does it mean to see these groups coming together to try and have some consensus uh, with the livestock producer in mind? Well, certainly, I think from our perspective, we were very supportive that, uh, you know, Livestock Marketing Association really was the driver in, in, in coalescing this group to get together. And, and I think it is important, as independent as we are as cattle producers, uh, we have a lot of groups out there, but at the end of the day, we need to focus on a couple of priorities. And I think uh, these groups, as they got together, they did really identify a, a number of issues that really we talk about in the cattle industry and on, with our neighbors just about every day. And um, it's important that, um, you know, we uh, in agriculture, uh, there's fewer of us. So we need to have a strong united voice to be able to accomplish some of these things. And, and really just the reauthorization of livestock, uh, the mandatory livestock reporting, um, we think that should actually be pretty doable, uh, but it's going to still take a lot of work. I mean, that's supposed to be reauthorized every five years. And we just were lucky enough to get a one-year extension last year. And so we know that there is, uh, there's, is a tremendous amount of information in this livestock mandatory reporting that we need to have on the books. We need to get that reauthorized. And so um, I think that's a great tool. Certainly uh, the Department of Justice, you know, that investigation, once again, there are a few things that have um, shaken out on that, but we know that it's important for them to continue this investigation let us know how they're doing. We don't expect that they're going to provide us many of the details because we know that it is an ongoing investigation, but yet uh, a little update certainly would uh, benefit, I think, a lot of the, the livestock producers. And really the last thing is, is that capacity for, um, for just processing. Uh, we know that we hit some bottlenecks. Uh, we know that there's opportunity there. And so we certainly do think it is important that also to look for that capacity and increasing that capacity and allowing some of these potentially smaller processors, let them get a foot in the door and, and uh, let's get them put to work uh, because there's a lot of cattle out there. And, and if we can do it on a more regional basis, I think there's opportunity there. And I think at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our cow-calf producers are more profitable than they are today. And I think that is going to be our goal. And I think hopefully the goal of these groups as they got together, let's put more dollars in our producer's pocket. And at the same time, let's provide a great product that our consumers, not only in the U.S., but nationally appreciate and love. Well, and Jay, uh, some within the industry always say we, we have a lot more in common in the industry than, than we do different in, in terms of priorities and issues. And, and it always seems that there's always just one or two issues that do separate uh, 
those in the agriculture industry uh, with certain topics that do divide uh, producers out there. And uh, so uh, from the outside perspective of this, it, I, I know producers do appreciate groups coming together and having this dialogue. And uh, hopefully that dialogue can continue. And, uh, and as you mentioned, it's a topic that continues to be discussed in the countryside. What uh, obviously this will continue to be discussed, especially coming up in June as cattle producers uh, head to Lewistown for the mid-year meeting, June 9th through the 11th. Uh, what can people anticipate? What are, what are you hearing that folks will be uh, bringing to the policy and committee meetings uh, coming up? Obviously, uh, uh, from the staff point of view, you, you don't bring these forward yourself, but the uh, the, the dues-paying members of stock growers bring these priorities forward. Uh, what, what are you hearing uh, from uh, producers in the countryside on what some of these hot topics will be here coming up uh, for the mid-year meeting? Well, I think certainly um, this cattle market um, is going to be continue to be um, on the forefront of the discussion topics. And, um, you know, I think we're looking at trying to be able to provide some information. Um, we do um, have a couple of, of, of members that are very active, certainly on the cattle marketing side for NCBA. And so we're looking for them to join us and, and provide some updates but that is always going to be a topic. I think more at the local level will also include the Department of Livestock um, and the new, uh, or not new, our, our uh, state veterinarian. Uh, they always provide great information just about what's happening in the state of Montana. Certainly with the Department of Livestock, with the brand re-record, people kind of want to know how that process is going. We want to make sure that everybody knows that that is going. So that's always important to remind people to make sure you get your brand re-recorded. Those are topics. Uh, we're also looking at um, actually talking a little bit about endangered species. So certainly um, we've seen a tremendous amount of expansion with grizzly bears. And um, um, when you start having bears in the snowy mountains, um, that certainly is a, a topic that uh, most people you're just not uh, anticipating that. So we know that these bears move farther and faster than we uh, anticipated. And so that is going to be a discussion topic. And then just on the tax front, um, you know, maybe not the most exciting topic, but certainly one that I think we need to make sure that everybody is involved in. There are some things at the national le uh, level that are going on. Uh, but there are also some wins um, at the local level with the state legislation and business equipment tax and increasing that exemption. So those are going to be important topics to make sure that everybody is aware of and so they can take advantage of that also. So um, it's going to be a full and fun, uh, full packed uh, meeting. And, and we actually we're going to have a little fun in the process. We'll we'll have an evening of, uh, of a good dinner and a little bit of music. And so come join and uh, see some of your neighbors that you haven't seen for a while. Well, I anticipate there'll be quite the, the, the turnout for the event as more and more folks uh, come out from the, the COVID uh, uh, shutdown and whatnot. And as folks are vaccinated, I think they'll be coming to town. Everything's at the Yogo. Is that correct? Yeah, everything is at the Yogo and uh, we'll have a great venue there for, uh, and we'll also um, have a little after party um, at the Eagles. And so um, that's where some of the fun will be had. Uh, so please enjoy us. 
No, that's going to be a great event. I look forward to, to seeing everyone June 9th through the 11th. And Jay, you know, what, what is your message to some producers that are tuned into this conversation on the podcast that uh, maybe haven't paid their dues in, in the stock growers? Maybe they're in central Montana and, and they want to learn more and, and, and maybe they're a little hesitant because they haven't been to a stock growers convention or a mid-year event. Uh, why, why should they still come out to the mid-year meeting and just uh, uh, participate in the, the, cause really, it's just one full day that Thursday is going to be the main activity. So they could take a few hours to, to head into central Montana and, and just learn what's going on and maybe spend the night and uh, uh, have a few drinks at the end of the day as well. Well, and I think just a, you know, a good example is um, the heritage area bill. The result of that is from members or people that are in, that have concerns. They brought that to us. And the result was we got legislation passed. And so that was just one example of many of the issues we work on. And it, I think it's important for one, everybody in agriculture should be aware of what's happening, not only at the state level, but at the national level and what organizations such as ourselves are doing to, um, to address those. And so it's, it's, um, it's uh, certainly just a welcoming environment where you can go, you can sit, you can listen, you have the opportunity to ask questions of the speakers if you have so. You have the opportunity to interact with those speakers as our committee meetings finish. And um, you, don't you don't have to be a member to come and join. You can come, you can learn a little bit about what our organization does and uh, what uh, might be available to you. And then we would encourage you to become a member because as more people become members, that's just a stronger voice for us in ag. And as I mentioned earlier, um, there's fewer of us, so we need to be uh, pretty united in our front to make sure that we um, continue to be successful and viable on the landscape. Well, I think it's going to be a great event and uh, uh, a podcast I hope to get recorded there at Chisholm Christensen and I have been uh, trying to plan to find a time. We're going to do a podcast with Chisholm, who's a MSGA board member on his uh, recent uh, album that that he's released uh it's a great album and so for our listeners that uh are familiar or maybe not familiar with our friend chisholm christensen he's a young producer uh, from up near hensdale montana and we're going to do a podcast and maybe listen to a few cuts of his of his new record and uh, all 100 percent uh original music so friends be looking forward to that conversation uh coming out in june we'll we'll, we'll get that recorded during the stock growers meeting or, or before or after there in Lewis Tim. Jay, anything else that you just want to share with our listeners and audience here today? No, I just one of the things that I think is important. We do have a lot of issues that come up in agriculture. And, um, and if you have any questions or concerns or like to share some of your input, you know, once again, just give us a call at the office. Uh, we're more than willing to talk through any of those issues that you may be facing. And uh, maybe we can help or maybe we can be provide some resources for you. So once again, always just uh, feel free to give us a call anytime and um, share some of your input with us. Well, again, thank you so much to Jay Bodner joining us here today. Again, uh, for more information on membership or to uh, register to attend that mid-year meeting, 
going on June 9th through the 11th there in Lewistown. The majority of the events going on on June 10th. Uh, you can uh, uh, take a little break from irrigating probably and uh, and uh, whatnot on the operation and head into central Montana. Uh, visit mtbeef.org for more. Well, Jay, thank you so much for uh, joining us here today and talking about a few of those big wins for the Montana livestock and agriculture sector here today. Well, thank you, Lane. I appreciate the opportunity. It is exciting to uh, celebrate some of the wins, and we know that uh, I think there's more to come. It's just a great opportunity to continue uh, working on behalf of agriculture. Uh, we're the leading industry in the state of Montana, and we're going to stay that way. Well, that is a great point. And, and as you mentioned, uh, you, the organizations, uh, stock growers and all the other ag organizations, all the bill signings that they were able to attend. And uh, it's just kind of great to see a, a governor of Montana uh, in the uh, not only in the Mile City Bucking Horse Parade, but participating in the Pledge of Allegiance in the National Anthem at the Mile City Bucking Horse Sale as well. So that's pretty Montana there. So. <laughs> Certainly is. And we even got a beef proclamation month for May uh, signed by the governor. And uh, so that was a great opportunity also. And just his appreciation for what we do here in Montana. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, of course, that happened at Dusty Hahn in the Hahn family's ranch near uh, uh, towns in Montana just last week. Governor Gianforte proclaimed uh, May Beef Month. So uh, so great to, to see support for the real protein that being beef <laughs> all right jay thanks for joining us here today thank you lane appreciate it all right friends thank you so much for joining us for this conversation here on the lane cast egg podcast i'm lane northland we'll catch you next time thank you for tuning into the lane cast with talking ag lane northland for more on lane check out his facebook page lane northland ag broadcaster and northlandcommunications.com don't forget to subscribe to the lane cast on your apple or android devices we look forward to joining you next time on the lane cast